How wonderful. How wonderful is God in his holy places, the God of Israel giving strength and power to his people. Blessed be God in the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, where we find ourselves in the story of Jesus this day, it is an intimate part of John's gospel. It's quite profound, deeply personal. Jesus knows that his death is soon approaching and shows such vulnerability with those closest to him. We are back on the Thursday evening after the Passover feast, and Jesus opens up and he shares his parting words to those closest to him. And he does this right before he is taken away, tried, and ultimately put to death. And in Jesus' way, he does it in the way he does, by way of a prayer. And this part of John's gospel is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. In that it's the prayer that Jesus says before he dies. So in the history of the church, this prayer in John 17 has held immense importance. This is where I enter into the story this day. Jesus is taking his last few steps, breathing his last few breaths, eating his last meal, and what flows from him is prayer. Remember, praying isn't about changing the heart of God, but instead changing the heart of the one who's actually praying so that eventually what we pray, we actually become. And what is interesting about this prayer found in John 17 is that it's divided into parts. Jesus prays for himself, he then prays for his disciples, and then ultimately he concludes this prayer for a prayer for the world, for all of us, you and me, all future believers, all those who will come after. Some might think that Jesus' last words may be layered with pronouncements to love, to teach, to be kind. And yes, we are to do all of those things. But the theme of this high priestly prayer, if you read it from start to finish, is one thing. And that is about being one. Oneness, unity. And it is so eloquently said as the last words spoken in this particular part of the text so that they may be one as we are one. 
It's almost like Jesus knew there would be division, there would be strife, and so he's imploring as his life is coming to an end that we strive for unity and oneness with him, with God, with one another. It's deeply moving and perhaps for some maybe even a little bit surprising. As we all know, we are all so very different. And I'm not sure if there is a church that displays this more than ours, the Episcopal Church. We are a peculiar bunch for sure. Representing all kinds of beliefs, politically, socially, economically, we are a diverse church. We are a swath of all that is diverse and different. Thanks be to God for that. But here's the thing, I don't think Jesus is calling us to be one in that way because I think he loves our diversity. Diversity is good. We are varied. And that makes things interesting. Not so bland and boring. And for a priest, that just makes my job exciting. And so all of those differences, though, they go away. One place. Do you know where it's at? At the communion rail. Everything is set aside and differences are let go because we are joining in in one common purpose. So you may ask, well, what the heck are we joining in on? What is it that allows us to bend the knee together while holding all of these very different beliefs, politically, socially, economically, we're all so different? Well, if you're curious, I'm going to tell you the answer. What enables us to do this is what Jesus prayed. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. This is what our unity is grounded in. It is divine unity, not our differences, but our sameness because of the God we worship and love. Our oneness is our desire to be joined within the oneness of God. And the purpose of unity that Jesus is praying for is not agreement in doctrine, no, whatever that may be for you, but rather, here's what's important, but rather participation in common faith and purpose. That is what unity is about. So our desire to be so united with him is so great that all other differences melt away mysteriously by the working of God, the Father, his Son, the Spirit which breathes into us. And all of that happens when we bend the knee and take him. I'm not sure if many of you all know, but this Thursday was an important day in the life of the church. 
It's what's called Ascension Day. And for the fourth year in a row, Grace has joined in the Thy Kingdom Come movement. This movement which unites and calls for millions of Christians to come together and pray. So from Ascension Day, from Thursday until next Sunday, which is Pentecost, we are praying and asking for God's Spirit to come. For over a week and a half, we are asking for God to unleash his power and goodness into the world by sending his spirit anew. Why do we do this? For unity. Unity with one another, unity with the triune God. A bit closer to home this week, we had the opportunity to host a number of churches on the grounds of grace, as we do every single week. We have folks from the Catholic Church, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, from the Harbor Church, South Park Baptist Church. We even had a group from Cameron Recycling. Yay! Charlie, shout out to you. Thank you. They all joined us in our mobile food pantry efforts. These folks were excited to help and, obvious, and their obvious love and desire to serve was palpable. They entered into the good work of feeding our neighbors, seeking unity alongside one another, laboring for a common purpose, setting aside those differences. Well, on Friday evening, I was on my way home, walking out, walking out my office door, locking the door, when a big Suburban pulled up right outside. The Suburban, all of a sudden, the trunk was lifted up, and someone began to take bowls of food out of the Suburban, lots and lots of bowls. She was a mom, accompanied by her son, who I think was probably around five. Bowl after bowl they put into the blessing refrigerator. I was so moved by this outpouring on a Friday evening at six o'clock. I was so moved by this outpouring of generosity that I wanted to thank her, so I walked over to introduce myself. And with a big smile on her face, this beautiful mom said that she was a Catholic daughter from St. John the Baptist Church, Kelly Johnstone. And she said, one of my neighbors is Ruby Adams, Miss Ruru. And she was part of the cooking team from the Catholic Church. She had a meeting with a leader Leela Hoffman the night before, and I guess Miss Leela must have fired everybody up because Kelly went home and she cooked all day long on Friday. She was so excited about participating and feeding the community. She and her son cooked the entire day, hamburger steaks, mashed potatoes, and corn. She then said what an honor it was. 
and how 150 more bowls had been ordered and divvied up amongst this particular Catholic cooking team. This was the same church who just a few weeks ago came by to deliver food and had been thinking about starting their own blessing refrigerator. And upon seeing Grace's blessing refrigerator said, oh, no, 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 we, we won't start our own. What you have going is really good. We're going to enter into what you guys are doing. How beautiful is that? We, the Catholic Church, will join Grace in her efforts to feed a community. Union. Oneness. All with a divine purpose. The unity of the church is essential to its outreaching mission, you guys. Our oneness is our witness to a world that is not one. fellow preacher by the name of Paul Duke says it this way. Listen closely. If humankind in ceaseless disharmony with itself observes a people of manifest differences, that's what we are, and great diversities living in joyous common cause and unwavering grateful commitment to one another, And if these united people say that the love of Christ has done it and lives in their oneness, then conclusions may be reached about Jesus and perhaps about the oneness of love that is God. We are the way people know God. The secret of our oneness is not that we are alike, but that we are loved alike. As each of us agrees to be gathered to that love and abide in it, we are inevitably gathered to one another. We are one because the one love of God surrounds, permeates, and connects us. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, Jesus says, if you love one another. If this sounds too hard to do, it is. It really is. But we do it this way. We serve one another. We listen to one another. We connect with one another. We pray for one another. We give ourselves to one another. We don't hold back. We bear witness with each other. We struggle together. We don't give up. And above all, we seek union with Christ, with one another, 
alongside one another, whatever circumstance you are in, I know it is at the front of your mind right now, don't let it slip your mind. Whatever that situation is where there is disharmony, strive for union and don't give up. And choose to love one another despite our differences. And choose to love one another when we disagree. So that when the peace of Christ comes later on in the service, you can look one another in the eye and offer it in love. For the common purpose of union with God. Amen. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever, granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every Know his grace.